0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to our latest Outsports podcast. It is the last day of April. Middle of spring. I, this is Sid Ziegler in Chicago. Jim Bazinski
1: is with us in Iowa. Is
0: you it know, Iowa City that you're in?
1: I'm in beautiful downtown Iowa City.
0: <laughs> we, I know that there's a. Uh, have you been to the gay bar there? The I, 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 so one time I went, I never quite made it.
1: Uh, I never have been. It's kind of a small one, and I usually find other things to do here. But I may have to check it out this weekend. But my luggage made it at the same time I did for the first time in uh, the last three visits here.
0: <laughs> Jim has the worst travel luck I've ever seen: delays, uh, diversions, lost luggage. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, well, this one worked I, out uh,
1: smoothly, so
0: it's amazing. Nice, well, maybe it's because the weather's getting better right, uh, and it's been nice in Chicago it's been kind of nice it's been it's been even when it was like maybe fifties yesterday, but uh it's it's been kind of nice walking around in the brisk weather. everybody's in a good mood, spring is in the air, and uh yeah, I was at uh blogs' balls yesterday, headed to the n f l draft tonight and it's it's funny you know people he, you he asking oh are you excited, you know what, what what are your big storylines? I'm like, well, I've only got really one thing I'm interested in watching tonight. Is there, do you, is there anything with the draft that you're going to be watching?
1: I have, I may mean, I have no interest in the draft. I usually don't have a whole lot because I think it's really overhyped, but I mean, I'm curious to see if Adrian Peterson gets traded because if he gets traded, it'd be today. I'm curious to see what it, where Marietta lines up because there's all these rumors about the Eagles still trying to make a play and Sam Bradford, maybe going to the Browns. And so, I mean, it's, that's the only things I'm interested in, but there's, I mean, last year there was the Michael Sam story and then Johnny Manziel was sort of a sideshow that was interesting, but I don't know. Are you, anything that fascinates you about this one?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's Shane Ray. It's the, uh, it's a defensive end out of Missouri who had uh, is, is similar to Michael Sam in height, weight, speed, strength, and college productivity. And he is slain to go in the first round. Where well, Michael Sam went in the um, in the seventh round, so I'm curious to see when he goes and what team drafts him. And I think we've lost Jim. Bazin. <laughs> More technical issues for the Outsports podcast, uh, but the, you know that's that's definitely what I'm most interested in for the NFL draft tonight. Is is where Shane Ray goes. He played at Missouri. He was a defensive end. And, and he, you know, he he does have some some things. Uh, he's a little more versatile, maybe than Michael. Uh, he he probably can play that three-four outside linebacker, whereas you know a lot of people say that Michael uh, will struggle at that position. He's not used to that position. So Shane is a little more versatile, uh, and we like versatility on this podcast. But even still, they're they're comparable players, and so I'm I'm curious to see where Shane goes. But for you know, for the last uh, Michael Sam has been a big. <laughs> I, think I, I think I think I. Year. Yeah, yeah, Jim, Hello. You're, you're a disaster. You're. you're I'm disaster back. Okay.
1: I disappeared. So, so over the
0: last year, there have been two big storylines for out sports. One has been Michael Sam. The when he came out, Outsports is one of the places he came out on, drafted, all through the process, Michael's been a big story for us. But another big storyline for us, maybe even bigger, has been stories of LGBT youth athletes, whether they're in high school or college, when they and not just when they come out, but when they do things like take their boyfriends to the prom, they're big stories for us. Lots of traffic. And lots of shares. Our story on two high school athletes in West Virginia going to the prom together got over 40,000 shares in just three days. And, you know, I see a lot of speculation on social media as to why these stories resonate with people. Uh, and so, Jim, do you have a theory on it? What, what of the stuff that you've seen on social media, people? You're trying to explain why these are so popular. What's what's resonated
1: with you? I think it's the idea that this stuff is becoming more and more normal, yet it's still rare enough that people look back at their own high school and college and they say, gee, I wish I could have had something like this. I mean here you have two high school athletes in West Virginia and the story came about I was just browsing Facebook Sunday and I'm friends with Michael Martin on Facebook, the soccer player. He wrote the story for us in December uh, about us coming out. And it was this picture of him and his boyfriend kind of nuzzling. And I thought, oh, what a great picture. So I wrote him and Logan and said, um, I'd like to do a photo essay on this. Can you guys give me some details on the night? And so through the whole rest of the day, they sent me stuff. And the photos that were taken by the other pl- other athlete, Logan's mother, no, which is really cool in and of itself. And I think they have a sense, there's a certain innocence, but the idea that these are normal teenagers in the regard that you, we've seen those pictures with straight couples, you know, for 50 years, um, since all those long problems and going on, we don't see them. And with, with gay couples and you see a gay couple and they seem so happy and they were accepted. They just strike a chord that it's almost like a feel good story. Like, Oh good. This, this wasn't drama or tragedy. This was just a nice night out. And the pictures are so appealing because they show same-sex affection that we often don't see. We still don't really see it as much as we maybe think we see it in the media. And I think with these two, yeah. it was just simply that they were they were normal guys who were having fun at the prom. And when you're at the prom, you kind of nuzzle and hold hands and with your date. And I think that's what kind of struck me about the story and why I think it struck a lot of readers, because it just hit something, wow, this is, this is really a sign that things have changed uh, for the better. Well,
0: and yeah, just a reminder that, of course, I forgot, but today's episode is brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world, our good friends at AT&T. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I think there, there's, there are a bunch of pieces to, to what you you just said. You hit on most of the big ones. Uh, I think that definitely we know that when there's a, a stereotypically attractive athlete in a photograph and one of our stories, we know that people will click on it. And the fact that these two kids are are they're they're both cute kids, um, you know, as far as mainstream standards go, he uh, that that definitely helps. I think that that's a big piece of it. But for me, something else you hit on is it, I remember my high school years, and I think most people our age, most people thirty and over. Look at this stuff and say that was that that could have never happened in my that never could mm-hmm. happen in my household. And I think that part of it is that is that piece that that wonderment of looking, getting a glimpse into what life is like today for gay teens, and 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 juxtaposing that with how different it is from our own experiences. I think I think that's a, a big piece of it. It's a big piece of it for me. It's it's why I you know I know the big piece of why you and I keep doing to work at Outsports because we remember what it was like in high school and, and and to see these kids have this incredible experience kind of it, it kind of it
1: it's satisfying that all of us doing this work, it's working. And also they become role models. I mean I know Michael has inspired several people to come out. I mean we know Connor Mertens has and, and pretty much everybody we've written about have heard from other people who've been inspired. So if we don't have any out pro athletes. So we have no role models at the pro level to deal with. You know, when Robbie Rogers came out, he's inspired a lot of people, and so did Jason and Michael. But there's nobody now other than Robbie. So we have high school and college kids that just bite the fact of being themselves. I mean, in West Virginia. The the prom proposal was made in the parking lot of a chick fil which is funny in and of itself because sure, the one sure. guy worked there, and Michael got it. Chick-fil-A I've never eaten there so I don't know how to pronounce the damn thing um, so Michael brought a chicken sandwich and asked Logan are you are you too chicken to go to the prom with me and that's how they you know because Logan worked at a Chick-fil-A so I mean <laughs> that in of itself that you know that company's notoriously bad for you know had been bad on gay issues and it was all those things about boycott so they kind of took that that image and there's a picture of the Chick-fil-A in the background of the one picture we ran with him holding a chicken sandwich so it's like you know they didn't really sort of, they were to them was, okay, fine. This is where he works. This is where I'm going to make my proposal. I'm not going to kind of worry about it. And, but they become role models. And we've seen that every time we do stories, we hear other people who then write us and say, I was inspired by whomever. I mean, Dalton Maldonado said, you know, he's just been reading our stuff. And I mean, he's the most traffic story we've had in maybe ever. Um, and he was a—he's a high school basketball player in Kentucky, and he just wrote because he wanted to tell his story. It's almost like, hey, I want to say—I want to say my piece too. And so, that's why it's inspiring to me—is they actually do make a difference in other people's lives.
0: Yeah, well, and and what's neat is that in in a couple months we'll be in Portland at the LGBT Sports Summit with with Nike, and a bunch of these athletes will be there. They, you know, these kids don't want to just share their story for the heck of sharing their story they want to have an impact they want to they want to meet other people like them they want to bring work back to their communities and they want to really have an impact and that's that's one of the things that we hear over and over again is that they want to have an impact that's a big reason in fact we have a we have an athlete who's gonna be sharing his story with us um he's a state champion and next week, I think, and, and the big reason is he's he's a bit scared, but he just keeps saying, I just, I know I can inspire other kids. I know I can, I know my story's going to help, and that's ultimately, uh, when we and I talked yesterday, that's why he said this, that I want to do this. I'm, we're doing this. I can't not help these other people, and I think that piece of it, how much it helps other people is a big reason
1: <laughs> that it gets shared so much, because people want other people to see the story. Well, because they've actually lived the experience and the experience has been, has worked for them. And so they hear all the negative stuff that is still impossible. When we talk about the pro level, it's really depressing when you see like in the four big sports, nobody and one person in MLS. And, you know, they're out there because people like Jason and Robbie Rogers and Michael San have said they've heard from other athletes, who you know. And so the pro level, nobody steps up at major college level other than Derek Gordon. Nobody steps up. So it takes state champions and basketball players in Kentucky and West Virginia. That's another cool place. West Virginia, Kentucky, Missouri, Iowa. We've done all these stories of places that you would normally not think of as being overly gay friendly. And that's where these people are doing this stuff. And, you know, I mean, Dalton Maldonado had a problem, obviously, with his with an opposing team. But his own team has stepped up, you know, big time. So, that's kind of inspiring itself. It's not just the coastal areas, you know, New York and California. And actually, we have very few stories out of New York and California when you think about it, <laughs> that kind of odd? Isn't that kind of odd when you think, well, like, we really don't really have a lot of stories about from L.A. or New York City or Boston all these well, of these kind of athletes. Year, last year, I put together
0: a little map um, of where people had come out and Iowa had like Five percent of all the athletes who had come out were in Iowa, and and, and a lot of them Midwest, and, and a bunch in the south. And you looked at California, yeah, it was just the coast. It just wasn't a lot. The obviously the tri-state area does get. I mean, they're gonna have some, but it it really was amazing how how many had come out in the Midwest and the South and even the plain the
1: plain and, and mountain states. Um,
0: and you know the, the and, and, those, and actually those to those
1: clarify, we are talking about so, sorry to interrupt. We are talking about coming out publicly. I mean, we always hear, "Oh, I was out the entire time in high school." I mean, so it's the idea of, of telling their story public. And I wonder if that's a part of it too—that people in maybe bigger cities, maybe for them, I'm just speculating, it's easier, and so they don't see it as being that unique or different. Whereas in smaller towns, it is unique and different. do I mean, you, yeah, you buy that at all, be. or is it just?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, that that might be it. I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. It might be that these kids, uh, you know, yeah, in these, in these smaller areas really, I think one of the things that might be that they're really struggling to find community, and the reason they want to come out and share this story publicly is because they know they'll find wow. community that way. That, 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 that could be why, too. Um, well, yeah,
1: you're, you're right. In a those... big city, if you're, go ahead. you no, can find community run. in a big city, I mean, L.A., yeah. Yeah, go
0: ahead. I think impacting those those smaller areas, those, in those more rural areas, is one of the reasons that that blown away by the Bruce Jenner interview uh,
1: last last Friday. Did you
0: did you get to watch it, Jim?
1: I read the I read basically a lot about it. I did not see it. It was it was pretty amazing. I mean,
0: here you have this guy who was in 1976, people called him the greatest athlete in the world, mm-hmm. and 40 years later comes out of the closet and people from Ohio to Iowa, Montana, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, all these people of 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 our generation and and older remember this person as this incredible male athlete and suddenly to be, it's kind of like Michael Sam kissing Vito at the draft this guy coming into your home on television saying, "Yeah, well, I'm transgender. I, I I'm taking estrogen in the 80s." I was cross-dressing in the '70s. Uh, all of my wives have known I've had this issue, and none of us knew. And it just—it's it's such a tweak on on people. I, I wish I could have been in
1: some of these living rooms and, and seen the reactions of people. Yeah, it had 18 million viewers, and that show normally on a Friday gets like four. I read so it's a huge <laughs> audience for people and. I mean, he's going to inspire a lot of people to kind of be who they are. And I think, you know, there's a lot, this whole celebrity thing with Jenner. I mean, people have problems with the whole Kardashian stuff, but I mean, you have that kind of an audience. That's just, that's really powerful. And, you know, he's speaking his truth and yeah, I mean all these things that happen that that sometimes people see as side shows, they don't realize the impact they have. And I, I mean, we realize, but a lot of people don't realize the impact these kind of things have. Michael Sam kissing his boyfriend on that, on that, national TV, all that kind of stuff is like, these are cultural moments of people. Remember Ellen coming out uh, you know, whatever, 20 some years ago. That was a huge cultural moment for LGBT people. So, um, I think Bruce Jenner is going to be one for transgender people. Yeah, 20 years ago.
0: Was it 20 years ago Ellen came out? Yeah, it was almost 20 years ago. That seems crazy. Yeah. But but you're right. And, and And I have heard some people say, oh, you know, it's disappointing that he uh, he didn't he didn't reveal his name or um, you know and or, or really like be be an address on this show. It's all for you know so that people will tune into the E show. Well, big deal. Like people have to make money. It's okay for people to make money, <laughs> and 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 I think it's great. I love how he's done it. You know, this is my last interview as Bruce. And with he pronouns, and when you next see me, I will be a different name, and I will want you to use he pronouns, female pronouns. I, I think it's cool the way you did
1: it. Yeah, he's going to make some money off it.
0: Big deal. It's not such a terrible thing.
1: I mean, it's his life. It's his story. He can tell how he wants to story, tell it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is he gets to share what he wants to share, how much or how little. Um. So the next time we see her it'll be what an e is it doing a reality show, is that the idea? Yeah, the,
0: the E has been following Bruce for well, I don't know how long and will and continue to and
1: they'll they'll have this eight part kind of mini series on on Bruce's transition. Yeah, well exactly. I, so you know Bruce Jenner can can do this however he wants to. So yeah I, I was I always get mad when people like say that so-and-so should have done this or should have done that. Like a certain point when you're dealing with personal details, I think you can reveal as much or as little as you want to. Yeah. Most people,
0: um, most people I've spoken to uh, who are trans really appreciated the interview, thought that Bruce did a pretty good job realizing that he is still struggling with things. Doesn't maybe fully understand his own identity um, certainly doesn't know a lot of the stuff that the trans community um you know has has come to accept and 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 he'll learn that stuff and uh, over time and you know none of us i mean i I was a very different gay in nineteen ninety seven than I am today people
1: but yeah come exactly. out, they have
0: all the answers
1: well, I've been working with a uh trans male bodybuilder uh to tell his story. And he basically wrote me two days ago and said he wants to sort of refresh his story. I mean, it, you know, he's he still saw some work to do on it, but to include the Bruce Jenner stuff, you know, because that meant a lot to him, that interview. So, you know, there's, there's, we know there's impact being felt, and I don't think it can be overestimated. When you get 18 million people watching anything on a Friday night, 10 o'clock Friday night to get 18 million viewers, that's pretty astonishing in TV land because Friday night is – is a desert night, you know, in, on on primetime TV. So eighteen million is a huge number. Plus, how many people either saw the interview or read about the interview or saw transcripts or whatever? It's just, you know, millions more. Well, last night, I mean, this is the power of this. Last night, I met this Blogs with Balls
0: event, and uh, John Runyon shows up, the old, former NFL player, and I, you know, I just end up next to each other, strike up a, a conversation. We talked for. A half hour about LGBT stuff, because of this Bruce Jenner interview, uh, and uh, and you know he's a he's a Republican former congressman, um, you know I think it's pretty conservative, and it was interesting talking with him, and that that's, that conversation would not have happened if it wasn't for Bruce Jenner, because that was that's what sparked the conversation. So I we mean, brought up Bruce Jenner, and then we had this conversation about it.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think that always strikes. I mean, how many conversations did Michael Sam start? I mean, I'm still hearing conversations about Michael Sam from people that when you run into them, that's their reference point, Michael Sam. And then, it's, you know, it was Jason Collins a year ago, but I think Michael was much bigger in terms of kind of continuing the dialogue. And um, so I missed part of your, because I got disconnected from, uh, somehow from this call about Shane, chain Ray, I don't you how often I've been, I'm not paying attention oh, to that. His name Shane Ray. Shane Ray, yeah, he's a defensive end from Missouri. Yeah, you, about you began about height. basically uh, the same height, and then he so he's going to go in the first round, and so you're curious to see where he goes versus where Michael went. Is that the idea?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's
1: similar height, weight, speed, strength. Um, he's a little more mobile than than
0: than Michael. It seems from from what scouts have said, so he might fit into a four three as well as a three four. In fact, he might fit better into a four-three. But again, it's <laughs> this idea: if he goes 11, is, is is that are the slight differences between them really worth 238 draft spots? That's just I'm just curious to see. And then Marcus Golden, who's a who is probably a three-four outside linebacker, again defensive end from Missouri, similar height, weights, uh, everything, uh, who's expected to go you know somewhere in the first couple of days. And uh, I just think you can continues
1: this conversation about what's going on with Michael Sam. Well, the only, the only difference I would make is Michael was never a first round projection by people. I mean, he was maybe third. So he really, he did drop. There's no doubt about that. But so I don't really know why Ray is, you know, projected to be first, whereas Michael was before he came out, projected to be a third. But I mean, it's interesting to another Missouri guy just like Michael. So, you wonder if there's something in their system and scheme that get these guys, you know, to play well in Missouri. And then, I mean, I've seen Ray, I mean, follow the Broncos because of Peyton. I may mean, just saw his name in a headline that he may be their pick, but that's all draft talks. Who the hell knows? So what are you actually be doing? Are you going to be in the, like, where is it as a convention center? What's how's that work?
0: No, it's at a, it's at a theater downtown. Um, we'll be there. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the red carpet a little bit before then, see if I could talk to anybody there. Uh, but it's doubtful. You know, what's don't going to this red carpet I really I'm not interested in talking to these guys about LGBT issues. It's their day. You know, they're excited. I, I don't interjecting questions like that just doesn't seem doesn't seem appropriate to me. I it just I I am so not afraid to ask these questions. It's just like I don't know this is such a big moment for these guys to ask them questions about gay teammates. It just it does not feel right to me.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's a time and a place for that, but I think the draft is sort of their day, and plus, how many guys aren't even coming? Mariota's not going to be there. Winston's not going to be there, so maybe the first two picks in the draft won't even be present.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Well, either way, I will be there for my first draft. Um, have you ever been to the draft? No, I hope it'll be in L.A. next year because it came between Chicago and L.A. this year, and it was uh, they picked Chicago, so lucky for you because you were there, so maybe next year it'll be... It'll be in LA, we both can go. Yeah, I just happened to be here in Chicago for the blogs involved, which is great. Um all
0: right, well, uh, yeah, it sounds like both Jim and I have some great stories coming up in the next uh in the next couple of weeks. Is I I think I think this year's gonna be all about these kinds of stories. And
1: I thought last year was the year to be happy, but this might
0: be this might be even more so. Uh
1: um, all the time. And our podcast yes. was uh brought to you by AT and T, Mobilizing Your World. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim Buzinski. Uh, And thank you all for listening. We will talk to you next week.